Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. We are ready to go. Are you ready to go? Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos and Blackhawk, they always have great promotions. They're giving away another Tesla. They did it before. They decided, heck, we'll do it again. And if you don't want it, no problem. They'll give you $33,000 in cash instead. Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. Uh, they're going to be doing that. The weekend of October 7th, get on up there, uh, see why their slots are really, really loose. Check out their sports book and get part of that great promotion to win that Tesla. How are you, my friend? I'm well. How are you today? I am good. I'm going to tease this throughout the entire okay. show because uh, we're going to hit it on the last segment. Anybody who believes, and I'll be strong with this, anybody who believes that the Broncos' primary color should be orange, or they should have a D on their helmet is an absolute fool. Wow, you're calling people fools you're a, already? You're a fool. Just for I'll, a little sartorial splendor? You're, you're an absolute fool, and you don't understand Broncos history. Don't claim to be a Broncos fan. Yeah. Don't claim to be a Broncos fan. If you want orange as your primary color, you want a D on the helmet. You know, one of the things I really like about you? Yeah. You don't talk ever in absolutes. Right. That's that's what I like. When I lay this out for you, okay, everyone is going to come to my side of the ledger. Well, and you're an idiot if you don't. You have history on your side. I absolutely do. You do. T- time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Broncos made a few cuts yesterday. Still many more to go. The deadline today is 2 p.m. Most notable uh, move. They have a new punter. Corliss <laughs> Waitman. Sam Martin. He's gone. Now, there are some conflicting reports out there. So allow me to put them together. You know the Ian Rappaport report yep. that Martin would not take a pay cut. That's true, but it's not true. Would you like me to explain, or do you know the answer to this? I, well, I mean, you're as clear as mud right now, so okay. go ahead. It is true they asked him to take a pay mm-hmm. cut earlier this month. He said no. They brought in Waitman. Rappaport's report suggests that this happened like a day ago. That is not true. It did happen. They brought in Waitman. They competed. Waitman wound up winning the job. So when Rappaport put it out there, it made it sound like yesterday they said, please take a pay cut. He said, no, boom, you're gone. That's an, that is how it happened, but it's not how it happened. I know this. It's a scintillating discussion when we start off talking about punters. Well, punters. Okay. You know what? We can get into it right now. No, I'm good with punters. No, no. I, I, I love punters. I agree with you that you look at the punter and say, eh, so what? No, you don't say, no, you don't. And Your punter flips the field. Yeah, he does. And field Your punter is incredibly important, especially when you look at, you know what? I believe it was uh, one of the Bears teams that I covered, 
and they were really, really good. It was back in like 2000, 2001, 2002. I can't remember what it was. And he was basically the most valuable player on offense yeah. because he kept flipping the field because the Bears' defense was so good. Well, it's not just flipping the field. You can have a guy with a booming leg. And Waitman, when he gets it, yeah. has a booming leg. Great hang time, yeah. great distance, all of that stuff. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with placement, too. No question. Putting it in a corner, kicking right. it out of bounds, putting it, you know, dying it. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of different things that you have to do uh, in terms of positioning on the field. So I'm 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 adjusting because I I love them. Oh, okay. because I because you've got to have a good punter, and they love you. Yes, too. they do. Okay, to return it. So so, uh, Stukes the. Special teams coordinator said, like Waitman. Yeah. I like him because he's fine with him. He's got a strong leg. Yep. Really good hang time. Of course, he does save the Broncos about $1.4 million mm -hmm. in cap space, but Martin was one of the best punchers in the league last year. How much of this do you believe was a salary move? How much do you believe it was? Nope. Waitman's our guy. He beat him fair and square, and it's. It's that simple. It's that cut and dry. I think the salary move yeah. made it easier yeah. to look at Waitman and say, you know what? Yeah, I mean, he's got a big leg. He's got big hang time. You know, the thing that's interesting about him is he's been around a little bit. It's not like he's one of these guys that he's just been waiting around ah. for his opportunity. Yeah, man. Hmm. Wow, that was late. <laughs> Listen, That's because it was only worth late. If you're going to do it, you got to be right on it. That late is as bad as that joke. And it wasn't even a joke. I, I was on a different a, page. I didn't get to the right page. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I got you. I think it was one of those, you know, uh -huh. yeah, okay. Right. Uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, but okay. Right. Right. You call potato, I call potato right. kind right. of kind of thing. So, right. fine. So, they're going to go with Waitman, um, a guy that's 27, 28 years old, that's been in the league a little bit, uh, hasn't kicked much. Right. Was with Pittsburgh. I think he got two off last year. I think this is. I think he's been with Pittsburgh twice. He's been with a couple of other teams. He's never really stuck, obviously. Right. But he's been good enough to be with various teams and practice squads and stuff. So he's going to get his chance this year. I don't know, Eric. I, here's what I would say. I've seen every practice but two. So far this year. Yep. Waitman never made much of an impression on me. Maybe because... Hey, I, no hang time? No, well, no, hang no, time no, no. Impressed? Hang time. Hang time is fine. Right. And the reason that hang time is really good is because you don't even get returns on punts. Right. That's what the, I think... And I don't want to put words in Stuke's mouth. Right. I think that's what they like about him. Yep. The fact that, well, okay... We're not even going to get a return on this. Right. Okay, fine. I, I understand it. But um, the only time that I really noticed him during camp was when he was kicking balls off the side of his foot. And he did that a fair amount. Well, I'm sure he wasn't trying to get into the coffin corner. Maybe so. Okay. I'm not sure. Just checking. Yeah. All right. Uh, so today is cut down day. They it have, is. They have about 20 guys to go. Mm -hmm. um, give me some guys that you think might be, for lack of a better phrase, surprises or you know let's do it this way let's start off what do you think they're going to do in the wide receiver room because i think i have my mind made up i think that they will uh pop johnson i agree and um and i think that they're going to go 
Someone is going to be the odd man out. Yep. Could it be Kendall Hinton? No. No chance. No. No, it's not going to be him, I don't think. I think it's, I think guys, the guys that make the roster are going to be Seth yeah. Williams. It's going to be Kendall Hinton. And then I think I may have said this incorrectly on the air yesterday. Uh, the way the waiver – people get these words all mixed up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to give somebody a lesson on this, but sometimes I get confused as well. When you have less than four years of service time, okay. you are waived. When you have more than four years of service time, okay. you are cut. cut. All right? Jalen Virgil would be waived if they decide not to put him on the 53. If they try and get him through waivers and back to the practice squad, the only way a team can pick him up is if he goes to their 53. He cannot go to their practice squad. I'd be very hard-pressed to believe that someone is going to put Jalen Virgil on their 53. So Jalen Virgil will be back on the practice squad. I believe I believe that he will be. And I think that He's that's probably ro- the right spot for him. He is a rookie. Yeah. I don't think someone's going to put him on the 53. So that's what I think is going to happen in that room. Uh, any surprise cuts to potentially look at? Because I can think of one. I'm still wondering about Malik Reed. Exactly. That's, that's my big one. That is, and you know what? That is significant because mm-hmm. he is owed $2.4 million. None of that is guaranteed. guaranteed. Right. And who would you rather have? Would you rather save that money and go with Jonathan Cooper or do you want Malik Reed? Malik Reed has been in the league. So for, for him, he's not coming back to the practice squad. No. I believe he has over four years accrued. Malik Somebody, Reed led this team in sacks two years ago. Right, right. So. Right. Um, <laughs> another guy that would not surprise me, although I, I would, I'm not going to be stunned is the best way to put it if this particular guy doesn't come back, and that's Mike Purcell. Well, I said that yesterday, he goes and on you deep-sixed me. You you absolutely deluged. It's because of you threw me down verbally. Point Purcell. Point. You you were almost you're indignant. Feeling, you're feeling well here. I think they release or don't put Purcell on the fifty three if they don't have a better option. Okay, I think it's certainly worth watching. He's one point five on dead cap. Yeah. As far as guaranteed money, I would have to look that up. I'm not sure if he has much guaranteed money left. Um, so you're saying they're going to go with uh, Ajim? What's that? Ajim's going to make this club. Ajim, from what I understand, was a bubble guy until that I, last game. I think game. he was. Yeah. I think, it just, I think even more than a bubble guy. He showed out, th- man. He did show out. Now, how much weight do you put on that? Well, here's the weight that you put on it. He did exactly what he needed to do and did it in a manner that makes you say, wait a minute here, we might need to rethink this. He looked like, and not only that, he did it in concert with Baron Browning. That that was like a, those two were, were kind of in sync, I thought. 
Saturday night. So that's an interesting one. I agree. I think the Ajim Purcell dynamic is kind of interesting. I'm wondering about Ojemudie as well. I think Ojemudie doesn't make this team. He's been a disappointment. He has been a disappointment. You no, know he is. He's he's Kayvon Webster minus playing special teams really well. Well, that hurts. You got to. I mean, because Kayvon Webster stayed in the league because of special teams, and he wasn't. A, and he was a high draft pick, and he wasn't a right. very good corner. Yeah, it's, it's just too bad. All right, uh, coming up after the break, some of the Broncos players, uh, specifically Russell Wilson, didn't get a lot of respect from NFL Network in their top hundred ranking. Well, ESPN did their own. Wait until you hear where Wilson is on this list. It is honestly breathtaking considering how one service, NFL Network, how they think of Wilson, and then how ESPN thinks of Wilson. We'll talk about that next. I know I'm a real good dance. Don't need to look over my shoulder to see what I want. Everybody's got the problems. Ain't no new news here. I'm the same Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. RMFP.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303 790 8089. That's 303 790 8089. Okay, so ESPN put out their top 100 players in the NFL. Uh, Tom Brady, by the way, was on top of that list at number one. For Russell Wilson, he was 61. And for Justin Simmons, he was 81. Well, ESPN, they have Russell Wilson at 13. Pretty big gap between 13 and 61. As far as quarterbacks go, Patrick Mahomes is number one, Rodgers three, Allen five, Herbert 11, and then, of course, Wilson at 13. Uh, Jeff Legwald, our friend from ESPN, writes, both Wilson and the Broncos see the offseason blockbuster move as a setup for a long-term affair, and Wilson's arrival puts the Broncos back in the playoff conversation. Denver has built a playbook that should fit Wilson, and he has playmakers at wide receiver, running back, so expectations are plenty high for his first year in Denver. I do find this interesting. That's something also called uh, the signature stat for Russell Wilson. Mm. His 316 combined passing and rushing touchdowns are second most by a player in their first 10 seasons in NFL history. Let me repeat that. 316 combined passing and rushing touchdowns, second in NFL history over their first 10 seasons. Peyton Manning is the only guy with more, and that was only by six more touchdowns. Wilson knows how to throw, quote, dimes defined by next-gen stats as a pass 
into a tight window, thrown 30-plus yards through the air. Over the last five seasons, Wilson has 15 touchdown passes on dime throws, which is the most in the NFL over that span. Why do you think there's such a difference between NFL Network and ESPN when essentially it is the same category of people voting? People who used to play, people who used to be executives, people who cover the game very, very closely. Is the NFL Network one more player-based? Say it again. Is the voting rank and file in the NFL rankings more player-based? Meaning? Meaning players had more votes. It was more of a player vote. The, the voting mass was more players. You mean current players? Current players. Are you asking me or are you telling me? I'm, I'm asking. I don't know. I think that it is. It's all current players. It's all current NFL players. Network. Okay. You know what? It's all current players. You know what? Then the ESPN one is far more. That's correct. exactly right. By far, not yeah. even close. I wouldn't even, and and that's not because the numbers flip and they make more sense to us, or maybe they're more attractive to us. My thinking is that the last people that you that you want to ask right. are the players. Okay. I'm going to put it into perspective what you just said. Now, Zach, who pushes all the right controls on on uh, milehighsports.com. I want you to listen, you specifically to listen to this story because eventually this is going to come up and I want to tell you about the value of being a pro bowler. Okay. I have gotten a vote for the pro bowl. Good. I, Eric Goodman, I've been voted into the pro bowl and this is the reason why. They have pro bowl voting in the locker room. All the guys get their ballots, right? And I'm saying this, Eventually, when you write, Zach, about a story about the Pro Bowl, remember this. I'm walking through the locker room. This was about two, three years ago. I walked up to a player, and I said, how's your ballot coming? He goes, I don't know half these guys are. And I said, why don't you write me in? He goes, okay. And he wrote down my name, Eric Goodman, and he handed it in. Nice. My point of saying that is, A, that should tell you the value of the Pro Bowl because the players vote. But if you don't know all the players for the Pro Bowl, what in the hell reason do you have to believe exactly. you're going to know who the top 100 players are in the league when you don't even face them most right. of the time? I, I, exactly. So there would be... I did not get into the Pro Bowl, by the way, with <sighs> my singular vote. I thought you might want to know that. That's a postscript. That's that's a shame. Yeah. Because that might have been entertaining yeah. on some level. But no, so my deal is if I dismiss the NFL Network's if it's a player-based voting, if it's a if their voting base is players, right? Um, and I don't put a whole lot of stock into lists anyway. Everybody likes to have a list. It's the easiest thing to do. Let's list things. I mean, just because it, it does it fit the narrative better for Broncos country that Russell Wilson's thirteen in the ESPN list? Sure. Okay. You know what? Go out and play. Go out and play. And then we'll let's do the list at the end of the season. Then I can pretty much do a a better accounting of the pecking order. Who do you think? Um, okay, so right now, um, you have, according to ESPN, Mahomes, Rodgers, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. That is, uh, by my count, that's four. He has, they have Wilson five. You have a problem with that nope, order? I don't. I don't have a problem with that. Should Russell Wilson be five? 
Oh, I don't. Like I said, I don't care. He's six, right? No, he's five. Oh, he's five. It's Mahomes, Rogers, Allen, Herbert. Eh, whatever. I mean, everything that you're talking about, because here's the deal. What is, he, we're talking, is he a top five quarterback in this league? Really, that that is a pretty simple question. Is he a top five quarterback in this league? Knowing what the list you're asking in hindsight, because all of this discussion is what have they done to this point? Right. Who would you rather have this year? Uh, would, would I would rather have rather have those four guys okay. than Russell Wilson. Is there somebody? But Russell Wilson would be pretty close to being on that list, and he's in a system and in a place mm -hmm. that makes sense. I'm betting on Russell Wilson this year. I really like his positioning. Is he five, seven, right. ten? I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. We can have that discussion after the season sure. because then I will be able to look at it and say, well, he was a top ten quarterback. Is he a top five quarterback right now? Right. Not based on what he did last year and what we know about last year. No. But where he is, we see him every single day. He's physically in good shape. He's in a system that works. He's in. A, he's with an offensive coordinator slash head coach who is going to put him in a position to win. He has pieces around him, and he's got a defense that should be able to defend and allow him to play with leads. So I, I think that he is in a really good situation. I don't really give a damn whether he's a top five quarterback or not, so quite we, frankly. So we really shouldn't talk about power rankings? This well, year. no, I don't mind power rankings, but I think it puts too much. But I think I think that when we're breathless, and I'm not saying that you are, I think there are people that love lists. Mm -hmm. And lists are the, you know, the common the currency of how we rate players in the league. But which, that's which is which but, is a bunch of crap. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It really is. Okay, it is. So, you're saying it's a bunch of crap when two guys sit on a bar stool in a bar, and they go no. Back I said and ratings. Forth. I said ratings are crap. Uh, where, whatever. What do you mean by ratings? I, I because all we're doing is listing guys. This guy is the sixth best quarterback. Well, but hold on, hold on. That that's what makes sports great. That's what guys do. Hmm. Guys sit on a bar stool and discuss who are the top X number of quarterbacks of all time. Who's the greatest baseball player of all time? What's the greatest game of all time? It's fun to do. I agree. It's not that it's fun to do. It's something that happens, and it happens a lot, and that's what spurs great debate, and mm -hmm. that's what sports fans love. Okay. My quarterback's better than your quarterback, okay? <laughs> and, and that's what sports is, saying yeah. that this is why I'm better than you. And this is where your guy ranks. That is part, that is standard operating procedure. Mm -hmm. It's the old saying, the greatest barstool debate of all time is, who's the greatest quarterback of all time? Easiest and, one to have. And you can walk into any bar, sports bar, and if you know a guy is a sports fan, you will likely get a different opinion than yours. And if for some reason you agree on number one, I can promise you, you might be throwing it down. You might be trading hands on who is number two. That always starts a conversation. Yes. That's what sports is. So with all due respect to you, you can call it dumb, but that's what sports is it's part, on a lot of levels. It's part and parcel of what sports is because the, ultimately we have the, the ultimate indicator is 
performance yep. and how they do and how it, the, the season will play out. I don't care whether ESPN or the NFL Network thinks that Russell Wilson is the 61st best player or the 13th best because it player. it doesn't affect how the season is going to play out. Exactly. I get it. I get it. But, okay. What if, for the sake of argument... Okay. Okay? Um, the list was those four guys, and then it was Marcus Mariota, and then it was <laughs> Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. You want to ignore it on the show? No, I Why think... Why not? Because I, I think... It's a list. Because that's... It's a list. Because that's a chuckle. And because you're taking... And because you're making an absurdity now asinine. Right. Well, here. So... How about... How about Desmond Howard? Football analyst. Mm -hmm. Heisman Trophy winner. Played for Michigan. Put together his college football playoff. And it was Michigan. Texas A&M. Wait a minute. The same playoff you and I would put together? My, well, clearly, spontaneously? Clearly, that's not something we would do. Left out Alabama, left out Ohio State. Right, I get Left out you. Clemson. The point is, that makes for... He did a list. So, depending... It's a silly list if it if it's close. If it's, it, it is the fodder for sports talk. Yes, no question. And this is the industry that we are in. The terminology is this. And you've been doing radio for a long time, as have I. It's called list radio, mm -hmm. and it is a lazy way to produce. Very. We're the top five quarterbacks of all time. We'll we'll tell you our thoughts when we come back after the break. <laughs> Speaking of the break, uh, we're going to bring on a guy by the name of Kevin Bryant. He wrote a book called Spies on the Sidelines. It's about how teams spy on other teams more than just the Patriots. All teams. And he's going to tell you some stories on what the Broncos have done in the past. That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest product Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle. At Eric Goodman if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in a friend of mine, Kevin Bryant, wrote a terrific book called Spies on the Sidelines, the high-stakes world of NFL espionage. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Hey, guys. Good morning. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. All right, so when we talk about cheating, when we talk about spying, everybody goes back to Bill Belichick and Spygate and, you know, does this guy deserve to be considered the greatest coach of all time because he got caught cheating? He got caught spying. But how fair is it to say that, man, everybody's doing it, right? Right. So if you want to, if you want to kick out Belichick is from the list of one of the great coaches, you'd have to remove a lot of the big names in the NFL's history um, because you've got a lot of guys like George Hallis, 
from the Bears, who's considered one of the founders of the NFL, uh, Vince Lombardi, Sid Gilman from the Chargers, Paul Brown, of course, who the Cleveland Browns are named after, um, Al Davis from the Raiders. You know, these are all these are just some of the coaches that have been in, you know, use these same sort of nefarious techniques uh, that Belichick is known to have used. So, you know, when you really look at it, um, this is something, you know, that's going on throughout the NFL, and it always will be. All right, so we know that it goes on. Let's get specific. I I mean, if you're going to bury Vince Lombardi, what did Vince Lombardi do? Yeah, so what, what we've got for you know, all of these coaches. So, you know, there are collection techniques out there that have gone into, that are used that are completely permissible that all the teams in the NFL use, right? And then there are teams that are using um, controversial techniques, such as uh, lip reading. Um, And then you get into stuff that is just, you know, that violates um, NFL rules and, and bylaws. So all the teams are involved in stuff that is permissible, um, these sort of techniques. A bunch of teams are doing things that are um, in that gray line that some coaches will find unethical and may not be willing to use. Um, and then there's, there are some coaches that are willing to go over into that black. So what you have, um, you know, with Lombardi and George Hallis back in the days where the Bears and the Packers were the two, the two main rivals in the NFL, man, you had all kinds of stuff going on um, when it came to spying on practices, when it came to um, trying to elicit information from players, you know, whether that be trying to get third parties, such as someone who works at a hotel, try to talk to the players in order to get information. Um, all, all different types of uh, ways that, that the coaches, um, you know, uh, Lombardi being one of them, were, were using to try to gather information on their opponents. Well, hold on. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to – let me just come out and say it. Spygate was absolutely 100% against the rules. Is that fair? 100% um, against the rules. You cannot tape somebody else's practice. Right. Right, you can't tape. Right, that, that, that's a so, that's a black and white. Can't tape somebody else's practice. What, what I'm asking kind, you is kind of sorta. You can't tape somebody else's practice. There's no kind of sorta. You can't well, so you, you can't walk in practices. and tape somebody's practice. They weren't taping practices. So Spygate was about taping signals. Okay, which according oh, to the Ray An- Ray Anderson memo that was issued in 2006 right. prohibited teams from taping other teams signals okay so that's against so that's against the rules so what i'm asking you is not the gray area not talking to players i mean yes i suppose that is i'm talking about what did vince lombardi do that is categorically against the rules you said you have it from all teams what did mike shanahan do that's absolutely 100 percent against the rules what did broncos coaches do that there is no black and white broke the letter of the law because Shanahan is revered around here should be in the Hall of Fame. So if we're going to name yeah. names, call them out. Right. No, so I agree. So I'm a Broncos fan myself, and I love me some Shanahan. Absolutely. So what I will say is what you're going to find is it's a, it's a complex subject, okay? Because what you're what you're asking is what breaks NFL rules, and the simple fact is there are not many rules 
that apply to spying in the NFL. So let me give you an example, okay? We're talking Belichick and Spygate, okay? There is no rule that says that you cannot film another team's signals. There is simply a memo that came out. And so the Patriots were involved in this from 2000 to 2006 before that memo ever came out. Okay, so the Patriots will say during that whole time period, they were not in violation of anything, which is correct. And furthermore, you could even argue we never, they never violated a rule because there was no rule. There is just a memo. So, and this is the problem with the NFL. The NFL basically relies on a bunch of um, guidelines that basically say, hey, we expect NFL teams to act in good faith, and, um, and it leaves it up to the NFL commissioner to decide what is punishable and what is not punishable. So when you, get, when you get involved with stuff like, let's say, a team spying on another team's practice, is this in violation of a rule? Well, the answer really is no. But the, what the commissioner does is says, you know what, this is not in the best interest of the NFL, um, and we're going to punish you accordingly. So trying to say who has clearly violated rules and not is very, very difficult um, to do because of that. All right. We're talking with uh, Kevin Bryant, the book, Spies on the Sidelines, the High Stakes World of NFL Espionage. How organized is this league-wide? Um, is this a sophisticated sort of thing where you've got guys and gals that are specifically working on this thing? Or is this the kind of thing that... Uh, comes from, like, the Houston Astros banging on uh, garbage cans in the dugout. Uh, give, give me a sense for how sophisticated <laughs> yeah. this is, how organized it is, and how prevalent it is. Right. So um, a lot of teams have what's called, you know, a, re- a research director. It'll, it'll have a title, some, something close to that. It varies by team. Um, and this is typically the guy who heads up a – you know, a team's collection efforts, how they go about gathering information and how they go about um, assimilating it and using it. So, for instance, Ernie Adams is that guy for the Patriots who has basically that, that title. And so for some teams like the Patriots, they have a very, very sophisticated um, collection system on how they go, in about, how they go about it. For other teams... Um, they don't really, they don't, they may not have that position and they rely on their coaches more or less to get it done. Obviously these are not trained professionals in how to go about in collecting and, um, analyzing information. So sometimes it can be very haphazard and frankly, not done as well as it should be. Um, so all the teams across the NFL are using techniques like, uh, advanced scouting, which, of course, film study is a big part of that today. Uh, debriefing players that move uh, switch teams. Oftentimes, teams will pick up these players solely for the purpose of debriefing them and learning about information from their past Kevin, team. Kevin, Kevin, yes. we, we, we know all that. I mean, right. honestly, I, I, don't, I don't mean to hammer you on this, but I want to drill deep. I want to know if there's a libel lawsuit against you, can you prove this on this team. We live in Denver. Okay? 
you, I, I believe you said you every team has its own story. Give us something that would be potentially libelous that they'd go after you and say that's untrue in this book that you can prove that the Broncos have done. Because we well, know there's advanced scouting. I'm saying I'm looking I'm looking for some red meat on that bone. I know that <laughs> guys bring in a guy a week before a game. That's sure. not sexy. I want something sexy. You get sued for libel, and you can say, nope, I can prove it. What do we have with the Broncos? Sure. So I don't have anything on the Broncos that's gonna, that the team's going to say necessarily, um, you know, this is, this is something they're doing that is scandalous, that breaks NFL rules and policy and goes through that. And, um, you know, that's the case for most of the teams. Most of the teams are working either in the white, what's permissible, or the gray, um, what's, you know, kind of on the edges of things, but don't necessarily break any rules. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's how it goes for most of the NFL teams. However, what I will say is what you will see in Spies on the Sidelines is that it is very, very difficult to figure out what is going on today. Okay, because the bottom line is most of the things that will come out about teams spying on each other is specifically doing things which would, uh, you know, um, the coaches would be very fearful to have that information come out um, because the NFL could potentially fine them or punish them for it. It comes out much later when these coaches are retired for the most part because they don't want to get in trouble they don't want to taint, um, you know, they don't want to get in trouble with the league, and they don't want to taint their legacies. Right. Um, so a lot of times it just stays completely hidden forever. But if it does come out, it usually comes out, you know, five to 20 years after they've retired. Right. And that's the reality of it. So hey, you're always a little behind the game. Gavin, thank you for your time. Uh, spies on the sidelines, the high-stakes world of NFL espionage. Thanks for joining us this morning. Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm sorry about that. I think I was sold a bill of goods that did not deliver. Well, sometimes you win, sometimes you can't. You, I'm sorry. You can't write a book. And I'm not trying to slam. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Oh, absolutely. you cannot write a book and call it spying and then talk about advanced scouting and picking up a player who was released by a team because you're playing him that week and you base an entire book on that. He's ahead of me. He's written a book. That's right. And, and you know what? He's ahead of me, too, because I've only colored a book. What do we have coming up <laughs> on Just In Case You Missed? We'll review some of the biggest surprise cuts across the NFL so far and what doesn't the SEC Conference have any of this season. That's coming up next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. When I needed sunshine, I got rain. Oh, then I saw her face. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. We'd like everyone to know Kellen Mond is on the market, Vikings quarterback. <laughs> if they don't, the Broncos don't like Johnson or Rippon, Kellen Mond, the guy they just saw who 
did absolutely nothing in that final preseason game is available. Cutdown day mm. is today, 2 p.m. Uh, follow us on Twitter, listen to Mile High Sports, or follow us on milehighsports.com, and we'll keep you up to date on everything that is going on. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, some of the biggest surprise cuts across the NFL this morning include O.J. Howard, Josh Gordon, Danny Shelton, Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Sony Michelle. Any of those names uh, strike a chord with you? O.J. Howard, I thought, jumped out. Chance. Yeah, yeah, he was the guy, but Dawson Knox is the guy. Yeah, that yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that that goes without saying, actually. And so, you know, I mean, we all feign. No, not faint. There are always guys that are cut this time of the year that you do a little double take on, but it's not in the here and the now. You know, these are not guys, obviously, that can be difference makers now. They were guys that might have been difference makers a few years ago. And so we, you know, we kind of hang on their rep and their cred, but these guys can't play anymore. Otherwise, they'd be... (laughs) They'd be on a roster. Well, let's look at one name on that list. Mm-hmm. Philip Lindsay. Is he done? Got cut by the Colts. Released by the Colts. Yeah, I don't know if he's done, um, but he has trended that way. I mean, he's bounced around a ton right now. Uh, it's so funny. It's. I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at Philip Lindsay right now. I'm looking at top story. It says Colts released Philip Lindsay 17 minutes ago. From Steelers Wire, which is probably a fan-based sure. website. Philip Lindsay could fix the Steelers running back problem. Yeah. Right. It just took 17 minutes yeah. to write up that article. I am uh I, I'm a, I like Philip Lindsay a lot. Yep. Um he had a great run in Denver. Yep. Pun intended. Yep. And but the it, He's not a guy that can sustain it, and that has been proven in the in, in through his the last three years in the NFL. Just in case you missed it, for the second straight season, the SEC won't have any blackhead football coaches. In the SEC, more than 60% of the players and 48% of the on-field coaches are black, and the SEC is the only Power 5 conference without any minority head coaches despite 10 jobs having come open in the past three years. Is this troubling that the SEC won't have any minority head coaches for the second year in a row? Troubling? Um, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I guess it probably is on, on some level. I mean, um, everybody has the right to choose the best leader for their program that they deem fit. But this is, there's a part of a good old boy network, I'm sure, that still permeates the way that business is done in the South. I mean, right? I guess. It's the South. Sylvester Croom. I mean, we've had some guys that have been there. Um, 
You know, I don't know. I don't know enough about the culture of the South to make definitive you statements. Don't? You don't? Well, I mean, as it relates to the SEC, I know that they went kicking and screaming. And I, I mean, I the totally get it. The Confederate flag was I understand recently banned. That. I understand that. I understand that. But as it relates to hiring football coaches, I think that there's still too much of the good old boy network in the South that prevails. I'm not going to even touch this. Yeah. Because you know exactly where I'm going sure. with it. I'm not saying there's blatant racism. I'm saying how do you explain to the how do you explain to the donor base say hi to black man? It's okay if they work for us, but there's no way I want anybody in charge. No way, no how. That's not the way my mama raised me. If that's you, my, you, my daddy would roll over in his grave if there was a black man running a football team. That was a that was a cross between Forrest Gump as a kid and no. something else. No. I, I don't even know what. Forrest Gump kind of talks like this, Jedi. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolate. No, it's going to get it. Okay, whatever. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. I guess I did have an opinion on that, didn't I? You did. I used to live in the South, and it, there's not blatant racism. There is not. I lived in I lived in Atlanta for years. Yeah. That's not the deep South like no. Miss, Mississippi or Alabama, Bama, sure. and I understand that, and I'm not suggesting people are racist, and, and I'm not. But there are racist people all over the country. But at the end of the day, when you have a lot of donors, mm-hmm. and they grew up in the South, yep. and the roots are from there, there is this inherent, for lack of a better phrase, Al Campanus bias that, mm. that they are capable, they are capable of playing and they are capable of being assistants. But when it comes to running the whole thing, there is a little bit of that mentality still down there. Well, Bear Bryant had to bring USC to Alabama to basically allow Alabama fans to, to see what Sam Cunningham and those guys were like. Got, got his ass kicked. Right. And then all of a sudden, um, black players were allowed in the SEC, or at least there was integration soon after that. So funny how those things work. I mean, you're telling me there isn't a better black head coach out there than Lane Kiffin? Well, there's got to be, right? Right. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Guy who's burned every bridge where he's been. Tennessee, USC. Right. Hey, right. did a nice job at Florida Atlantic. Where's We're, he now? At Mississippi? That's my point. Yeah. Oh, by the way, what, what's their flag? Oh, mm. that's right. Yeah. I forgot. Let's go wave that flag in the Grove pregame. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed. You can walk in any store before you... Uh, Walk in any store before you, you know, you can try out the appliances. It's well, yeah, that's good. what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. You're not, if you could buy a car, you're going to want to take it for a test drive. Why not do that with one of their appliances? I like the fact that they do that. That's confidence, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. All right. okay. Mountain Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver and also their clearance center. Awesome. They just expanded their space. They have thousands and thousands of appliances in there. All right. Uh, coming up after the break, we're going to talk cut down day who is going to be a surprise who is not going to be a surprise and the broncos have a new punter that's next what that 